Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment of Health Professional Radio. In this segment, we're going to be speaking with Regina Bly. She's joining us here as Chief Program and Policy Officer at the Reeve Foundation. The Reeve Foundation advocates for those living with spinal cord injuries. She's going to discuss how policy needs to be revised and the need for proper access to medical diagnostic equipment. Welcome to Health Professional Radio. Regina Bly, thank you for taking the time this afternoon. Neil, thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure. Tell us a bit about yourself and talk briefly about your role as Chief Program and Policy Officer at the Reeve Foundation. Absolutely. My name is Regina Bly. I am, first, I'd like to give some descriptors to help people process who I am. I'm a black female with red dreads, and I use a wheelchair on a daily basis due to a spinal cord injury that I sustained at the age of 10 due to due to gun violence. Mm. And so currently I am, as you stated, the chief program and policy officer and I'll oversee the operations of the National Paralysis Resource Center, which we are charged with developing programs and services that are critical for people with disabilities and those with spinal cord injuries and paralysis so they can maintain a healthy and independent life. Are we talking all types of paralysis or are there certain uh, types that the Reeve Foundation deals with? We're talking about all types of paralysis. Mm-hmm. And so I mentioned one because I myself have a spinal cord injury, but mm-hmm. we also focus on individuals that might have cerebral palsy or ASL, spina bifida. You might end up having a traumatic brain injury through the process of being injured, we also cover those individuals as well. And there's a host of other, um, you can have limb loss because of diabetes and you're not able to walk and you're using your wheelchair. We also provide services to these individuals. What would you say, uh, you know, as, as chief program and policy officer, is the biggest unmet need or biggest barrier when it comes to trying to carry on and and live a life with a spinal cord injury, no matter what the extent of the paralysis is, what would you say is the biggest unmet need? Is it um, actual physical unmet needs or is it a mindset among people who aren't dealing with those issues? I think it's both. They work in tandem. And I can give an example for myself. I was injured prior to the Americans with Disabilities Act. I was injured in 88. The ADA was established in 1990. And prior to that, there were no requirements, there were no guidelines of what it looked like for us to understand what the built environment was supposed to mean for everyone that wants to live independently. And so as it still stands all these years later, we still have policies and we still have people that are building things that are appropriate for people that are able to walk around. And so we're still fighting and struggling for people to understand that we need to also have policies and accommodations that are built for people that use mobility devices. Because if we are living in the least restricted environment, we can be able to be as successful as someone else that might be walking around. I must admit that I'm a a little bit surprised because back in the 80s, uh, when I was uh, younger, I'll date myself a bit here. I was uh, a draftsman, and um, 
policies were being implemented prior to the uh, ADA, where we were drawing, we were drafting buildings, um, churches and things with um, the grab bars and the bathrooms, widening out the stalls. I got out of drafting, you know, obviously, and got into broadcasting years later. But I kind of put it out of my mind and just assumed that, you know, when I was seeing these um bars in the bathrooms and the wide stalls and ramps everywhere that that I find myself I kind of assumed that these policies plus with the with the ADA in effect the, you know the few and far between were these problems now I'm finding out that they are a huge problem that people are still not adhering to some of these guidelines when the ADA came into law in 1990 prior to that whenever Reagan was in office there were talks and discussions about what it looked like for people with disabilities and to make sure that there is equal access for everyone that needs it. And so those conversations had already began. It just didn't make it into federal law. There wasn't any policy and teeth behind it. And so we moved so many years later, and I think that we are making progress. Uh, You can look around and see ramps and elevators and accessible walk signs whenever you're crossing the street, those things are there. And so now the conversation is shifting to make sure that they are usable so that when everyone is partaking into these benefits and and requirements according to what they need to maintain their independence, that it it, it makes sense in general. And so I I do want to say that there are things that are out there, they're operating, and it's, it's encouraging. But there are also areas where I can, I can point out when it comes to the medical side of things. When you go to a doctor's office, you can always rest assured see a scale. And everybody's probably nervous about going into the doctor's office and having to go in and find out how much do you really weigh according to what's in that doctor's office. And that's what they're going to use to be able to say whether or not you're over overweight, whether or not they're going to diagnose some sort of nutrition plan or recommend some sort of exercise program. Mm-hmm. Well, that's difficult to do whenever you are have paralysis or use some sort of mobility device and they don't have accessible scales. We don't know what that looks like. And so we as a population are prone to have heart disease. We're prone to diabetes. We're prone to a whole host of things because we don't have access mm-hmm. like others have. Is the Reef Foundation more focused on uh, these policies and access in large facilities and institutions, or are you also advocating for awareness of what it takes to maintain your independence in your home, uh, what it takes to remodel a home if an accident occurs or you find yourself in a situation where you're in a wheelchair or you need a walker or any other of the devices that are used for disabilities or spinal cord injuries? Well, we have the unique ability to be all over the place, and that's a good thing. And that's because of the federal funding that we receive. We're the only federally funded organization that focuses on paralysis. So we have to look at the big picture and be able to look at things when it comes to an individual basis, also systemically across things when it comes to big medical institutions, whether it's educational facilities such as universities. We look at all of those things and see where there are gaps and 
places where there is room for improvement. And so it, it's, it's unique because we need a mighty team that can be able to focus on those different areas and make sure that adjustments that are needed, we point those out. And then we also complement and praise those individuals who are going over and beyond to make sure that they are creating an inclusive environment for everyone. Another surprising thing to me is that uh, access to medical diagnostic equipment is an issue. It would seem to me that the medical community would be at the forefront of getting policies and um, access before anyone else. But yet it seems that access to MDE is still an issue, even in the medical facilities themselves. I'm right there with you. And I, I can tell you, and I didn't plan this interview, that I have a mammogram scheduled in two days. And I'm absolutely nervous because I haven't been to this facility. And most of the time they have the mammogram machines there, but they are not low enough for you to be able to access them. So for any female that's out there listening, you know, it's already uncomfortable. You're already dealing with issues of someone seeing you in this most vulnerable position. But then think about being in a wheelchair and trying to figure out how you're going to get that done when the equipment isn't there for you. And it's one of the reasons why people with paralysis and those with disabilities are diagnosed with breast cancers and other forms of cancer more than anyone without a disability because the equipment's not accessible. And also they fear what they're going to encounter whenever they go to a place that isn't accommodating to them. Give us a website where we can learn more about the Reeve Foundation. Absolutely. You can go to our website. It is Christopher Reeve. That's R-E-E-B-E dot org. Regina, I appreciate you taking time with us this evening. Thank you so much for joining us here on Health Professional Radio. Neil, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Regina Bly. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in and subscribe at Anchor Spotify, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com Health Professional Radio. 